You are now listening to the Think 180 podcast from Inc. 180 Ministries in Chicago, Illinois. Hello and welcome. Please stand by. You know I'm back like I never left. I never left. Another sprint, another step. Another step. Another day, another breath. Another breath. Been chasing dreams, but I never slept. podcast or as apple would call it episode x but uh <laughs> welcome i'm here uh, this is chris baker from inc 180 ministries in, in uh, oswego illinois joined as always by kyle craning hey hey and uh we're, we're glad to be back last week we had some some issues i was sick and kyle had some stuff so it's good to be back with you guys um to uh give some updates it's been kind of a crazy couple weeks so we got a few different things to talk about Uh, the first thing that we're going to talk about is uh, something that we kind of hinted at about a month ago. Kyle stumbled across this show coming up on HBO called The Deuce, and uh, it sounded pretty pretty um, interesting and, and topical for for what we do here with the ministry. But um, it came out; it, it's been uh, released and it's out there, and we're going to talk about it here for a few minutes. And we're gonna, we're also going to talk today about just kind of an update, some of the stuff going on with hurricanes, hurricane relief. Um, talk about the message that I did at church and our uh, our our weekend up in Inglewood a couple weeks ago, and uh, we're just gonna get into it with with the deuce and when it came out and and Kyle brought it to my attention that this show was coming out I was I was hoping for one thing and but expecting something that is pretty typical of Hollywood and the glorification of, of pimp culture and stuff. Basically, this show just to kind of set the the premise for you. Uh, it's an HBO original series. The first episode was an hour and a half, so I'm, we're talking. I'm guessing that's just because it was the the premiere episode, and Kyle and I watched it together. He watched it earlier in the week, and then I, we watched it together this morning. And it is uh, it's it's a tough show for me to watch because basically it's around 1970s New York City, um, that whole era and and place, and pimps, prostitution. Um, you know, all the, the dark and ugly things that I don't like about New York. And if you're from New York, I'm sorry, but, uh, I'm just, I've been to New York city and there's just a lot of stuff about it that, uh, this really rings, rings true. This, this, uh, show. So I'll, I'll tell you this, if you're a person that's not a fan of profanity I mean, there's nudity in it, it's, it's an edgy, it's a, I mean, it's an HBO show. So of course they're going to push the envelope. Uh, sexual content, things like that. Um, but I, I have to say, it was it was a lot of what I expected it to be. I thought it was pretty well written. Pretty, I mean, it, it held my interest for sure. Um, and it's going to be an interesting show to to follow and watch it because I know it was well done because it made me mad. Uh, by the end <laughs> of the episode, I was I was pretty angry. 
uh, especially the kind of the way that it ends. Oh, definitely. <laughs> you know, um, but it's it's kind of that whole sex, drugs, and rock and roll thing of the 1970s in New York City. But it does give you a lot of insight into kind of what has brought us to the current situation with sex trafficking and kind of where where we're at and you know what what we're seeing what we hear um so it didn't I'll, i will tell you that none of it shocked me but that's not to say that it, it won't shock you it's definitely not for your kids it's not for your teenagers but uh it, it's it's worth watching but just you know letting you know it's it's heavy and <laughs> very heavy <laughs> what did, kyle what did you think about it when you saw it like uh, well, there's a lot of setup in this initial episode, True. like with any pilot. But by the end, it definitely last quarter, especially the, like the last five or five to ten minutes, like you said, it definitely is going to uh, really grab your attention and pull you in really hard. Yeah. And um, you know, if you're familiar with what we talk about here, it probably will make you mad. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to be familiar with what we talk about here, but just from my decent human being perspective you know if you're a decent person if you even have the slightest bit of humanitarian in you you will you'll cringe and you'll get angry yeah it it will disgust you at you know how you feel about humanity i think as a whole Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, because um but it is i mean the the way they wrote it out i mean it's true life they they definitely had some uh, consultants that have gone through stuff in real life to to put this together but um, James, I, I'm not a huge James Franco fan, but, um, he, he's the, the lead male character in it and he's really, actually really good in it. And Maggie Gyllenhaal plays a prostitute and, uh, independent, an independent prostitute. So one of her, um, what it looks like will be kind of her storyline or her arching storyline will be her basically her life as a prostitute with no pimp when all these other prostitutes are have pimps and there's a lot of pimp activity involved in this show. Um, and it's from my experience, and that's not to say I know everything, but from my own experience and everything I've heard, it's, it's very accurate. Um, so it's, uh, I, you know, it's on you, check it out. It's on HBO, whatever you think, but I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to stick with it. And, you know, we will uh, we'll give you guys some quick updates as it goes along if if you like but uh you know i i will say this like i i mentioned it earlier do not let, let your kids watch it it yeah. is absolutely not kid friendly it it's not really adult friendly either but it is intriguing um and it's it's well written so it's i think it's worth watching if you feel like you can handle it um and if you if you watch it and and uh, you get upset. That's kind of the purpose. You're supposed to get upset. Just, uh, remember that. It's uh, it's a tough one to watch, but it's worth watching at the same time. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Hollywood does all kinds of things usually with these kinds of movies and and doc even documentaries. It's it's always been interesting to me to watch a lot. Of, you know, we watch a lot of the trafficking related documentaries, and we go to events and speak after those and. Um, some of them even still glorify stuff. I'm like, well, what are you trying to glorify here? You know? Um, but I think it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out being HBO. Yeah. Like you said, it's definitely uh, worth watching. Very well written, very well acted. Um, I am a James Franco fan, although <laughs> mostly for his comedy the, movies. The interview. Right. Also <laughs> shouldn't be watched by kids. Uh, but no. still hilarious. It's and a it's a guilty pleasure. Yes. I watched it too. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, he he. I think I thought he was awesome. It's totally not like anything he's ever done that I've seen in the in the past. So no, I've seen a couple of his more dramatic side yeah. roles, and they're okay. Yeah, you just expect him to, you know, start winging out jokes or right. funny comments, you know. So it's kind of <laughs> weird watching him in anything. I and I still kept waiting for him to say they hate us because they ain't us. <laughs> Didn't happen though, but uh, yeah, check it out if you want. It's called The Deuce. Um, you know, viewer discretion definitely advised. But uh, it's um, it's a look into that world for sure, and kind of what has evolved into. I mean, obviously, we know prostitution's been happening for centuries, um, 
So it's it's not anything new under the sun. It's not like this just started happening. But it, it will definitely give you um, a, a pretty accurate, in my opinion, depiction of what has led us to where we're at now, mm-hmm. which is even more horrific. And, you know, it was one of the things I was thinking as I was watching it. I was like, man, if they did a show like this, same kind of a premise in present day, what would it look like? <laughs> and it would be it would be unwatchable in my mm-hmm. opinion. I mean, uh, the violence is even more heightened the, right. You know, murder rate is even more heightened the drugs and everything else is ridiculous. So, but, uh, think about it, check it out, read your reviews online. That's just our review. We, we told you guys we would check it out and, and let you know what we thought. And, and, uh, we'll continue to kind of give some updates as it goes along. So man, a lot has gone on since, we were here two weeks ago. Um, hurricanes, obviously, is a huge, huge issue. The fires out west, the earthquake in Mexico, and uh, it's been it's been a pretty heavy couple of weeks. Um, seeing the the aftermath of things in Houston, you know, it, it's going to be <laughs> to say that oh, it's still playing out. That's a ridiculous statement because this is stuff that's going to be going on for years to come. I mean. Uh, we're s- still seeing reconstruction in, in New Orleans from Katrina. Mm-hmm. So this isn't something that's going to be a, a quick overnight thing. But I have to tell you, I, I've <clears throat> I've seen some of the best of humanity come out as a result of these natural disasters, which are horrific. And of course, you know, we wish they didn't occur. But, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of I'm, I'm one of those people. I try to look at the, the positives, even in the most horrific situations. And. Um, you guys know if you followed Inc. 180 for any length of time, you know how much I love Houston and and spend a lot of time down in Houston and um, Cypress Creek Church and Grace Crossing and uh, my friend Carl Etchison with the prison ministries down in Houston. I love going down there and to um, to not be able to be down there and see all this stuff going on was heartbreaking, um, but We've been able to do some stuff here that, that we're really excited about. Um, our church, Big Life Community Church, has partnered with some other organizations here in the Fox Valley to collect relief items for um, for Houston. And I'm sitting here with Kyle in, in the lobby of Inc. 180 looking at a mountain of supplies that people have donated um, to for us to put into this trailer today and send down to Houston this afternoon. And it's one of the things that I love about this ministry is, you know, there's, there's people that follow Inc. 180 that love tattoos. There's people that follow Inc. 180 that hate tattoos and kind of everything in between. But a lot of people with just amazing hearts for people um, <clears throat> and to see how people will want to just do something to help out someone that they'll never meet in another place is going through a horrible time right now. I mean, I'm staring at this pile. We've got everything from, you know, non-perishable food items to shoes and socks and underwear and dog food and baby formula. Um, It's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome just to see what was um, able to be collected in less than a week. That's all going to get hauled over to our church here in about two hours and put into a trailer headed for Houston tonight. So I want to thank everybody that's done that or everybody out there that's done whatever it is you can do to help people in, you know, in Texas and in Florida that are are dealing with this hurricane or Puerto Rico or the Bahamas or whatever. Like, I know we have a lot of friends um, that I've heard from that asked me to pray for people in, in Barbados and the Bahamas and St. John. They have friends and family that live there. They're retired now. Um, Friends in Puerto Rico that are struggling. (laughs) Um, We're, we're set to be going with our friends from Miami tattoo company in December down to Puerto Rico for the tattoo convention there. And I don't know what the status is um, because Puerto Rico was hit hard. Mm -hmm. You know, that whole region was, was hit hard. Um, But we're, we're hoping that that's still on and we'll be able to go down there and and hopefully do some outreach work while we're down there to help out. But um, (laughs) Cypress Creek church in particular was hit very hard in Houston, I've spoken there, I think, three times now. Um, Pastor Bruce Froge and, and his whole team there, amazing church, great, 
great community outreaches in, in different ways. And they've done some really cool stuff over the years. And we really respect and love those guys a lot. And to see the videos and pictures posted of the church online, like two days after the hurricane, uh, the first day it was safe for them to get into the building and to see, you know, up to six or seven feet of water sitting in the sanctuary where I once, you know, or, or a few times was able to speak um, was heartbreaking. And <clears throat> it caused about $4 million in damage to their facility. They have two sanctuaries. It's a really interesting building. It's tied to a community center. So they have two sanctuaries and they were both heavily damaged. No shock to anybody. Um, but one of the things that's really cool, they have a pipe organ that is 95 years old and the water stopped short of hitting the pipe organ. It would have destroyed it. Right, right. Um, of course, they did have a ton of damage. But what was really cool, one of the things I saw that um, I love, Pastor Bruce posted an update. And it was a couple of days after it was deemed safe to enter the building to start working on it. And they said about 70 to 75 people from the church or, and, or the community um, showed up to help pump that water out of the church. And they started the process of rebuilding immediately. Um, you know, Texas, Texas doesn't wait, man. They're not going to wait until, you know, six months down the road to start fixing stuff. They're already working on it. So, um, to see them pump that water out of there, get it out of there and, and start the process of removing all the chairs and removing the carpet and removing drywall. That was cool. And, and they also didn't say, all right, well, church is canceled for a month until we figure out what's going on. They were, uh, they started holding their church services in a uh, gymnastics stadium or gymnastics <laughs> auditorium up the street that opened their doors to them. And I I've seen some really cool stuff. And I guess one of the things I love is in times of, of great need, people of different denominations and faiths kind of come together to, to help each other and reach out and, and offer assistance. And, it's one of the things I, I want to say this before I, I make my statement. Cypress Creek Church has done this already. This isn't something that's going this that's taking place because of the hurricane and the aftermath. Out of all the churches that I've ever spent time with or spoken at, I I truly believe Cypress Creek does probably the best job of reaching, uh, to use a political term, across the aisle to people of different faiths and working together in the community way before this hurricane. So I want to make sure I say that clearly. Um, they've done some great stuff with uh, Muslims in the area, like mosques in the area to, to do events together and teach each other about each other's faiths and all kinds of stuff like that. It's, it's really cool. Um, I've seen a lot of that happen here too. And in, in the aftermath of people coming together, like this event we're doing to gather supplies to send to Houston churches are now because of this saying, well, we'll ignore our differences to help these people, which, okay, that's great. That's awesome. But why is it taking something this horrible for us to do that? And that was kind of one of the parts of, of my, my next thing that I'm going to get into in a few minutes is, you know, the message I did at church on Labor Day weekend on serving. Like, why are we so slow to work together with churches that are different from us to help people in the community, to help people where we live, people uh, in times of need, whatever it is. Why are we so slow to react day to day on that and work together? Like I've, I've literally spoken to groups. I, I speak to a lot of like men's groups and women's groups and things like that. And one of the things I do when I start is I ask them, I say, tell me a little bit about what your church does. What do you do? The first answer is, you know, they kind of look at me sideways and like, well, what do you mean? We're, we're a church. I'm like, yeah, right. But what do you do outside of church? What do you do in the community? And then, oh, we, we do this. Here, here's a great example. <clears throat> About two years ago, I spoke in a local men's group, about 50 to 60 guys on a Saturday morning, having breakfast, and they asked me to come in and talk about Inc. 180, and I asked them that very question. I'm like, what do you guys do to serve the community? 
like, oh, we have a lot of guys here in our, our church that are involved in the unions, We're laborers. We do electrical and plumbing and pipe fitting and uh, all the different stuff, welding, whatever. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like, so like, what do you guys do though? Like, what do you, do you help people in the community? Yeah, we, um, we basically, we go out and we help people that are, you know, lower income that don't have the money or they need house repairs, their house is falling apart or whatever. And we do that stuff for free. I'm like, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Tell me more about it. So we spent some time talking about it and I said, this is great. But I said, do you guys know the people down the street? Now this other church is half a mile away. And I won't say which one it is, but the other church is a half a mile away mm -hmm. and they work with Habitat for Humanity. Great organization, right? right? And I'm like, have you guys ever thought about partnering up with them and helping them out, doing something big, you know, like helping build these houses? Popo's cruising around. <laughs> uh, what do you, you know, would you guys ever partner with them? Like, no, we don't, we've tried and we talked to them, but you know, we just disagree on some, some fundamental principles of faith. And so we just do our own thing. And I'm like, this is so lame. Like, <laughs> why does it take a natural disaster, loss of life, loss of property mm -hmm. for us to do the right thing? Why don't we just do the right thing all the time? Um, so and it, it bothers me, but I want to focus on the positive stuff because a lot of people, Christians, Muslims, Jewish, non-denominational, atheists, came together um, as a community to to help these folks in need. Uh, whether it was in the Houston area, around the country, here in the Fox Valley of you know the Chicago suburbs, coming together to get people what they need. And um, I will be going to Houston, but I think I'm going to wait a couple of months until like the the first wave of folks leaves yeah. and then we're gonna have a group from our church go down there and do some work and all that because like i said this is going to be a rebuild of houston that takes years right to, to get it back i mean hearing stuff on the news and and i'm i'm real careful about how much i believe of the media but i've heard this from enough sources that i believe it to be true that 80 percent of the homes that were lost in the hurricane just in Houston did not have flood insurance. Right. So these are people that are going to be trying to rebuild, walking away from a house. Mm -hmm. And we were talking, I was talking to a friend the other day and I uh, said, what about all the, the waste from the rebuilding, the old drywall, the old carpet, the old, like all the stuff that's destroyed. What happens to all that? They, where are they going to put it? I mean, can you imagine the landfill issue <laughs> yeah. for that alone? I mean, so there's going to be a lot of needs for a lot of years. You know, it's, you know, unfortunately, it's it's the reality of the situation. But um, long-term help is going to be needed. So, you know, if, if it's something you're hearing, like you're hearing, hey, maybe I could go with Chris's church down to Houston in the future, shoot me a message, you know, give me a call, talk to me about it if you're interested. Uh, we don't have any information about when it will be yet, uh, but we're going to put a list together of people that are interested so we can reach back out to you when that time does come through so we can talk to you about it. Um, JJ Watt. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a Bears fan. Okay. <clears throat> but JJ Watt, I think he's great. Um, it, it was really cool to see how people reacted to him raising money for Houston. He's raised $37 million for Houston. Now. Absolutely amazing. And did you see him run out on the field with the Texas flag last week? And no. He, oh man. They were doing player intros for the, the Texans versus the Jaguars. And um, they introduced him last and he comes running out of the tunnel with a Texas flag. And that place, I'm surprised we couldn't hear it here. Right. It was so loud. But just a, a cool moment. I mean, he's he's a good dude, and he's you know, help. He's going to help tons of people out with it. And right. It's nice to see athletes that are doing something positive instead of all of the crazy stuff that we hear about lately, and <clears throat> you know the the scandals and this and that. But uh, Good for J.J. Watt for stepping up and doing some stuff. And a lot of the Houston Texans, too, and a lot of the, you know, the Houston Astros and um, the Rockets and all those guys. A lot of those guys using their platform to, to make a lot of good for people down there. 
and make them at least make people smile a little bit and raising some money to help them out. Um, talked to a bunch of friends in Florida because Irma came coming through right after Harvey and we're like, Oh man, you know, everything that the media was, was bringing that thing to be. And it was, I mean, it was a category five hurricane blazing through the Caribbean and, uh, Haiti. I was really worried about our friends in Haiti. Um, anyone that was in the path and just talking to Amor Sierra down at Miami tattoo company, kind of before it was hitting, you know, the week before it hit, I was praying for them hard, um, for everybody down in the, in the path, but especially for, for Amor and Miami tattoo company, because they're right there on the beach. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, this could go one of two ways. Right. And thank God it went the way that I was praying for it to go. They had, they took no damage. They That's had amazing. nothing, not Good. a thing. Uh, of course, there were a lot of people in Florida and, and the path of Irma who weren't so lucky. So we continue to pray for them. And uh, my dad lives in Tampa and um, I've probably talked about it before. My dad and I don't really have a, a very good relationship by any stretch of the imagination, but I did reach out to him this week and he's, um, you know, he's, he's getting up there and he's, he's very stubborn. And if you know me, that won't surprise you too much, but I sent him a message. I'm like, Hey, if they tell you to get out of there, you need to get out of there. And he, uh, in my, my father's true fashion, he responded and said, I stopped at Costco and got an extra case of beer, so I should be fine. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> checked on him, and, and he is okay. They had some minor damage to their place, but it, uh, you know, Garrett Gilkey, a friend of ours that played for uh, the Cleveland Browns, local kid here from the Chicago area, but then he went on um, after college to play for the Cleveland Browns and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, still lives down in Tampa and does a lot of really great, great work. Christian guy does awesome outreach work. Um, and, and building a new career down there, but, uh, checked in with him. He's, he's all good, but kind of watch We all watch that. Like everybody listening, I'm sure watch that hurricane come through just praying. And, uh, one of the coolest things that I saw afterwards, um, Amor posted a picture. She had put a cross on the back door of their shop with anointing oil. And it, it was left there as an impression on it like discolored it and it looks it was so cool um just to see that they did that and they were spared they were spared um and thank god i mean it sounds weird to say because there was still a lot of destruction there was some loss of life in florida um that they'll they will too be rebuilding for years um but it it decreased in intensity i guess we could say it wasn't it didn't uh turn out as bad as we had all kind of anticipated. Right. It, it could have been a lot worse. It, I, I really, really thought based on everything that we were being told and seeing uh, evidence of based on how it was through the Caribbean, I was really worried Florida was going to be in serious, serious trouble, right. like worse than Texas. <laughs> um, but thank God it, uh, it, it decreased and it kind of took a little bit different path. So a lot of areas were spared completely. Um, but it, it could have been a whole lot worse than it was. So we're very happy that it we're th- you know, everybody down there is through it. It's gone. Um, and now it's time to, to focus on rebuilding everything. And, uh, it's an unfortunate fact of life, you know, in the South and the, the Atlantic coast and the Gulf coast, uh, dealing with these hurricanes that people are becoming far too accustomed to having to deal with it. So just continued prayers, uh, for everybody in the affected areas, and uh, we'll keep giving updates. We're also going to be looking for other opportunities um, to help to serve, whether it be in, in Houston or Florida. Um, and if you have any information on different things going on around the area that we can participate in, we can help get resources to, please reach out to Inc. 180 because we would love to be a conduit for that information and get that out to our folks that follow our page and, and follow the podcast. All right. Um, back on September 3rd. Labor Day weekend, uh, well, actually, a, a couple of months before that, my pastor, Jeff, had asked me to do the message on Labor Day weekend. And I kind of laughed at him. I'm like, seriously, on Labor Day weekend when nobody's going to be there? You want me to do it? Uh, but he laughed, and we talked, and, and uh, he helped me prepare my message, and he asked me what I wanted to do it on, and I said, well, obviously, I want to do it on serving the community. <laughs> it's uh, 
it's one of the things I'm most passionate about with my faith uh, because our church, Big Life Community Church, uh, was founded five years ago really to reach people in the Fox Valley area that didn't go to church or didn't know faith, didn't know Jesus and wanted to, wanted to get to know them. So we're trying to grow people's faith that is sometimes from, from the bottom up, just starting fresh. So getting people to understand faith and, and what God's all about and, um, offering and all that stuff and, and serving, it's all very new. Um, not, you know, obviously that's not to say that people that are atheists don't go out and do good stuff in the community. Cause they do. A lot of my friends are atheists and they do great stuff in the community. But, uh, I wanted to kind of give that perspective of how serving God changed my life. Cause I've only been a, a real Christian for like seven years. So, uh, it's still really new to me too, but I wanted to share the impact that it's made on my life and my family's lives. And so I did it. And uh, it was great. It was actually not a, a quiet weekend at church at all. It was actually really crowded, which thank you to everybody who came out. Uh, a lot of people that follow our work on Facebook saw the posts and came out and got to meet them. So that was that's always fun. I love that. Um, <clears throat> but it was a good day. It was a, it was a great message. It was a great way to start that day because from there we went to Englewood. And I think I had talked about the, uh, the mask block party before. <clears throat> But if you didn't catch that episode, I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. Uh, Mask is Mothers Against Senseless Killings. Uh, Tamar Manessa started it. She founded Mask, um, I think, three years ago, if I'm I'm right on that. Uh, She lives at 75th and Stewart in Inglewood, south side of Chicago. Probably the roughest area of Chicago, in my opinion. Reminds me a lot of L.A., uh, but she started this this group. She got sick of watching kids die on the block in, in the neighborhood. So what they do is, it sounds so simple, but it, it's so simple that nobody else thought of it. She and a lot of the other uh, people, that adults that live on her block, decided we're just going to go sit out front in front of our house on the curb, hang out, have a drink, talk, and be visibly present um, to reduce gun violence on our block. We don't want our kids to die. And when I first heard about this, it was like two years ago and they did a block party. They do it every year for Labor Day weekend. Um, in Chicago, Chicago public schools start the Tuesday after Labor Day. So they started having this end of, end of summer block party every year where they gather school supplies and backpacks and school uniforms and stuff for the kids um, to kind of start off their year in a fun way in a great way to help the people in the neighborhood. So we did this last year and we, we were asked or we were invited to come back again, which was just a huge honor. And we were so thankful to be able to be a small part of that day. So we, we collected school supplies, uh, got some food together. It was me, uh, my wife, Lisa, my daughter, Mackenzie, my son, Tyler, uh, my other artist here, Sophie came with us. And then um, my friend, Chris, and Mackenzie, my daughter Mackenzie's boyfriend, Drew, we went up there for the day. We left right after church, after I finished speaking, jumped in the mobile unit, went up to Englewood. And uh, awesome day, just an awesome day. Um, they had people doing free haircuts. We were there doing free tattoo removals. Um, people were barbecuing. We, were, we had a crew barbecuing, um, and it was just it was an awesome day. Uh, and then later in the day, they gave out the backpacks and the school uniforms and all this stuff. We were there for, I don't know, it was about seven or eight hours. Beautiful day. Perf- couldn't have asked for better weather. <clears throat> um, and it was cool to see the other organizations that came together to help make this day a huge success. And there were a lot of them, people from different walks of life, again, you know, coming together um, to agree on one thing that day that nobody was going to get shot and all these kids were going to go back to school well-fed and with the supplies that they need to be successful. And that's all it's about really. Mm -hmm. Um, But man, what a great day we're standing there. It's interesting. You know, I, I took my friend Chris and you know, she, she had never been up to Inglewood with us. Um, And I'm not sure if she'd ever been up there to be honest, but it was, it was a great day. Um, But we're talking, I'm walking around talking to guys in the neighborhood 
that are smoking blunts. You know, <laughs> we're just standing there and talking and they're smoking weed and we're barbecuing hot dogs and, and stuff and, and, uh, talking to them. And it, it was clear it was a peaceful day and it always is, you know, they, tomorrow and her organization do a great, they had a DJ, they had basketball games going their their park. Um, they got the foundation done at their park. The city gave them some land at the end of the block to put a playground together. It was just, it was a great day. We were having great conversations with people, having a lot of fun. Um, it's always, it's always a fun experience for me to have people come with that have never been up there. And, um, Chris is one of my friends that helps keep things going around here. And she's just, she's a huge blessing and we couldn't do what we do without her. Um, she's just, she's helped us out in so many ways and she's just a, a beautiful person. You know, she's got a great heart and she makes me laugh and, you know, I, I hope we make her laugh a little bit too, but she came out and just had a great day. Um, but, uh, it, you know, it's funny. They had in Inglewood 75th and Stewart, they had a mechanical bull. It was the <laughs> like, no way. Like who thought of this, man? Yeah, they had a mechanical bull, and uh, what was your time? I didn't get on that thing, man. I, I'm getting healthy, but I'm not that healthy yet. I, don't, I thought I would have broke my hip or something, but Lisa was trying to get me onto the thing. And I was like, "I'll make you a deal. If you go on it, I'll go on it." And we both kind of passed, but no, man, it was just it was a cool day. I mean, we we had one little incident kind of at the end of the day that that kind of bummed me out, but the overall beauty of everything in the day. Um, made it all worth it. Of course, it's always worth it. But the incident was, uh, we're standing around at the end of the day, kind of packing things up a little bit. And one of the guys from the block brought out this pit bull puppy, beautiful puppy. And, uh, Sophie, my other artist here loves animal. We all do. We're all, we all have dogs and stuff. And she, uh, she fell in love with this puppy and she's, you know, playing with the dog and a bunch of other people came around. A lot of the little kids, of course, were playing with the dog and stuff. But this one girl comes over, and she's probably 21, 22. Girl from the neighborhood there and wearing, you know, really short, you know, shorts and all this stuff. And I'm looking at the dog and talking to Sophie, and one of the guys from the block looks at me, and he goes, hey, you want some of that? Oh. Pointing at that girl. And I said, What? <laughs> he goes, if you want that, I can hook that up right now. Oh, man. And I looked at him. I said, do you <laughs> not know what I do? Do you not know who I am? <laughs> I, I know the guy. Right. Like, we're, we're not new acquaintances, right? And I'm like, you know what I do, right? Like, what? He's like, you know, like, yeah, the gang tattoo removals. And I said, no, no, no. We need to have a talk. And I said, I do sex trafficking victims, tattoos, remove. I do removals for them. I, I'm so PO'd thinking about it right now. I can't even talk straight. I said, I remove tattoos that pimps force on their, their girls. Oh, for real? I said, yeah, for real. And I said, come on, man. I said, why? what are you doing? He's like, no, I'm just saying, you know. He's like, that's just how it is here. And I said, no, that that's the thing. It doesn't just have to be like that. Right. It doesn't just have to be like oh, that. Oh, man. So I, I looked at it because we, we had to go. It was getting dark out and we're getting ready to go out and or to get out of there. And I said, we're going to talk more about this. Right. And I said, because I'm going to be back in a couple of weeks. We're going to talk more about this. And I want you to be, and I'm not mad at you. I love you. We're, we're cool. I said, but we need to talk about this because I, I need to set you straight on some stuff. And he was cool. He was, it w was a great conversation. It wasn't an adversarial thing or anything by any means. But I was like, come on, man. Like, don't let this culture perpetuate this, right. this crap, man. This is not, not cool. Not right. cool. Oh, man. So, yeah, it, that really bothered me. It still has got me bummed out. But I'm going up there on Monday, so we're going to talk. It's like parties going and then you get like the music stops, like the record yeah, scratch. It's like, it, wait, hold up. Right. And I couldn't oh. believe it. Like I look, Lisa was standing right next to me. I'm like, did you hear what he just said? And she's like, no, cause she was talking to one of the kids and mm -hmm. she's like, no. So I told her on the way home, I didn't tell her, oh. I didn't dare tell her right there. Right. Like me, like I can show a lot more grace than Lisa. She would have gone off. She would have gone off. Big. <laughs> but, um, it's, and it's not funny at all. I'm not laughing about it cause it's funny. Right. It's, it's, right. it's, it's, it's tragic reality. Really. It's a tragic reality of what we face. And this is why this is why we do what we do. You know, people are constantly asking me, you know, why do you go up there? Like why 
why do you waste your time going up there? I'm like, it's not a waste of time. Cause you know what? I could, I could have a uh, talk with this young man and you know, who knows how it's going to affect him immediately or in the future. So it's never a waste of time ever. Right, you um, got to plant the seeds, man. If I could, if I could have a shop in Inglewood, I would have a shop in Inglewood. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah. don't think it couldn't happen because it could happen. But, um, it, you know, we're, just, we're trying to change hearts and minds and that's what the outreach is all about. And, but I don't want you to take that away as, as the, the takeaway from that day. Cause it was an amazing day. Um, with all these other groups coming together, we helped feed over 600 people. Um, and they mask mask does all the heavy lifting on that. We just come in and, and do what we do and, and enjoy being part of the day. And, but thank you so much to everybody who donated school supplies or who sent a check and said, Hey, get them some more school supplies or the food for the day or whatever. So thank you so much to everybody who was a part of that. Uh, but it was, it was awesome. They haven't had a, a shooting on that block. And again, this is terribly sad to say this like this, but this is the reality of the inner city of Chicago, Illinois. They haven't had a shooting on that block 75th and Stewart for three years. And it, Based on where it is, guys, that's a remarkable statement, and it really is a testament to Tamar, the work of Mask, and and the community there. Um, it's just it's been an amazing thing to see happen, and to, I'm excited to see what's going to happen in the future. All right, so that's Inglewood. Um, I wanted I wanted to tell you I wanted to share something else with you guys. It's a little insight into me and and something that I've dealt with for a long time that you're probably going to laugh. There's probably going to be some, some laughing in cars if you're driving right now. So I, for almost my entire life have had a deep seated fear of like an agonizing fear of clowns. Okay. It started because Steven Spielberg put poltergeist out there and that damn clown coming up from under the bed and getting the kid scared me to death. Um, I never saw the original It movie when it came out because I knew what it was about and mm-hmm. there was no way that was happening. And uh, so I've been the butt of many, many jokes over the years. Um, for example, when I turned 30, I was working at a company called Ingram Micro in Southern California in kind of a cubicle world. I was doing logistics work. And for my 30th birthday, all my friends at work thought it would be funny because Lisa told them earlier that I had this death, deathly fear of clowns. They printed out pictures of John Wayne Gacy and like all these evil horror movie clowns and, and all this stuff, right? Like killer clowns from outer space, all this stuff. They're plastered all over our work area, everywhere. Everywhere I went, there were pictures of these these stupid clowns and uh, to make things even worse at the end of the day, it was a Friday. I'll never forget it. It was funny. Uh, it didn't scare me one bit, but this whole day was funny. They hired a, like a birthday party clown to come in <laughs> for every Friday afternoon at three o'clock. We'd have a, an end of the week huddle where we would talk about what happened that week, what was going on the next week, kind of just to get the team together before we went off for the weekend. They brought this 70-something-year-old dude in in a clown costume. He does, like, birthday parties and stuff. And he was drunk as a skunk, man, in this Fortune 100 company. Right. We're, we're, we're looking at the clock ready to get out of there on a Friday afternoon, right? And they bring in this drunk-ass clown <laughs> to, uh, to entertain me for my birthday and had cake and all that. So, anyway, <clears throat> this has gone on for for decades right and when i heard that the movie it was being remade i was my first reaction was oh not a chance (laughs) not a chance um mackenzie my daughter she loves scary movies uh she wants to do some special effects makeup down the road she's in cosmetology but uh so she loves all that stuff my son tyler he's a little bit into some scary stuff but I, I was like, there's no way I'm going to see it. Lisa has kind of made a lot of jokes every time the commercials are on or whatever. And she's like, oh, do you want to hold on to my arm or what? No. So 
I talk when I speak in churches, I talk a lot about my life and I, a lot of the reason that it took me so long to become a Christian is because I have a lot of fear in my life. And at 46 years old, I decided this year that it was time for me to address some of that fear in my life. So what do I do? Last weekend, I told my wife and my kids, hey, we're going to go see it. So I, And then I, they fell over. Yeah, they, they thought I was joking. They thought I was joking. And I said, come on, let's go see it. And Lisa, the kind of the, the one who, and it's all done in love, I know. Uh, but she loves to give me a hard time about the whole clown thing. Um, she looks at me and she says, oh, cool. All right, cool. Let's, and I told her why. I said, I want to face my fear. Right. I want to move past it, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and she said, okay, well, that's cool, but let's go like right after church. And I looked at her and I'm like, well, why, you know? And because uh, I wanted to clean the garage and all that stuff first. And she's like, well, I don't want to go see it at night and have to come out <laughs> of right. the theater in the dark. I'm like, now who's afraid, right? right? So, all right. So we go and see it. It was like 3.30, whatever show. And I have to tell you, it, it was it was as terrifying as I thought it was going to be. Um, not because it was a clown, but because it's, it's a horror movie, right? right? So I'm not into gory stuff at all. I'm typically not into anything, any movie or TV show where kids are harmed in any way. Um, it just, it really bothers me right. for a lot of reasons. Right. Um, I see enough of that horror movie kind of stuff in my day-to-day ministry life. But uh, I have to say this, it was really well done. Like I may go see it again. Wow. And it's not because I want to see the clown or I, I want to see the kids, you know, in those situations. It's because it had a really good message. Kind of the the whole thing. I'm watching this movie. I didn't watch one second of it through my fingertips. I'm I'm pretty proud of that. <laughs> but it was first of all, it was really well done. I'd never read the book. I never saw the original, but everyone that I know who had said it was very true to the story, and and mm-hmm. they were really happy with it. Um, but I got to tell you, I want to go see it because kind of the the route that is built upon till it gets to this, you know, towards the end of the movie where the kind of the theme of it is if you let your fears overwhelm you, they'll run your life. And I'm sitting there watching it and my jaw almost hit the floor. And I looked at Lisa at the end. I'm like, don't you understand? Like that's so impactful. I was so afraid Mm -hmm. of this movie. I wasn't going to go see it. Right. Then I say, I'm going to go face my fears and go see it. And the message of the story is don't let your fears ruin your life and hold you back from living your life. Right. That's awesome. And I'm like, huh. I'm sitting there. I, like I sat there for a Didn't couple of hours that. after and I was just like blown away. Like I didn't, I thought it was just like a typical horror movie slasher thing. Right. right. You know, a series of, of young people get killed. And, and I'm like, no way there's like a, a legit story here, like a, a real moral to the story right. kind of thing. And I'm like, Huh. I've heard people say they liked it a lot and it was good, but I have not heard anybody say that it had a good a good you know moral to it the did. story. It was impactful. Like it and it wasn't just like a mild kind of hey, yeah, this is by the way, you know. It was like the boom. It, it was like a a bomb went off in my brain when I when it was brought to my attention. I mean, it, they say it like almost in those words like if you let your fears dictate your life, you're it, it's real to you. I thought about it and I'm like, then we, you know, we went to had, had a bunch of us had dinner afterwards and I'm like, I'm telling them that. And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. You know? And I'm like, no, no, like there's a sermon in that movie. Like this is what I talk about. Right. right. So I'm going to, I'm going to figure out a way to do the, the it sermon, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. I won't show the clowns, but, right. but, um, I, I am, I can say I'm totally past the whole fear of clowns thing. I actually have been for a couple of years. They don't bother me when I see them. Um, I don't seek them out, but um, I'm, I'm past that. But it was it was just a cool thing that I wanted to share because a lot of people have fears. Mm-hmm. We all have different fears. I mean, we're all afraid of something. But that fear, I let that fear dictate my life. Like, I've never been to a circus, ever. Not that I really have a, some deep-rooted right. desire to go see a circus, and if there's any, even any around anymore. Um. But it was it was really cool to to go and see that and be like, huh, there is a story behind this and right. it's actually really impactful. It's really right. cool. So, 
Yeah, definitely not for little kids, though. I'll, I'll tell you. <laughs> right. My my youngest, Quinn, she's 12. She wanted to go see it initially, and then I think she kind of got scared, so we let her not go. She stayed with a friend. So um, it's definitely not for little kids because it is terrifying. Um, but in a not in a gory, scary, over-the-top way just to be shocking. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it plays into the story. Right. So Good. Yeah, my Gene Siskel moment for the week. Go see it, uh, but it, and uh, I'd love to hear what people think about that side of it. Oh man, that's uh, kind of what we've had for the last couple of weeks. We're gonna get back into things with an interview for the next one, um, but just wanted to bring everybody up to speed on it. Um, uh, just one quick announcement for today before we wrap things up. Um, I I've been working on the book. I'm pretty happy with the way things are going and I'm kind of at a crossroads where I'm either going to look at publishers or I'm going to self publish it. And so I'm looking for feedback uh, or I'd love to sit down and have a conversation with people that have written books that have published books um, and kind of get people's feedback on self publishing versus publishers. Um, Because one of the things that I'm kind of faced with on this book is it's a tough read. Um, As you can imagine, you know, a lot of the, the book is that each chapter will tell the story of a different client um, in their words. And it's, it's very raw. It's very real. Um, It's not vulgar for the sake of being vulgar, but there is some stuff in there that's going to be tough for people to read. And a lot of Christian publishers that we have run stuff to buy on it, they've said, Oh, this, we can't, this can't work. We're a Christian publishing company. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that's not to say I have to go with a Christian publishing company by any means. Um, so I'm just looking for feedback. If you have any, please shoot me an email uh, at chris at ink180.com or give me a call here at the shop, 630-554-1404. I'd love to hear from you or our Facebook private message, whatever. But um, I hope you guys have a blessed week. It's good to be back. Um, fall is here. Colors are changing. I'm looking out the windows. It's It's time for a new season. So we got a lot of great things coming up that I'm excited to start talking about. But we're going to close things out with Chance. Give it to him. If one more label try to stop me, it's going to be some dread.